All right. Hello and welcome again to another week of the exciting encounter journey. Um, I am going to be off next week for vacation, so I'm going to get two of these done, um, and hopefully they're relevant by the time they uh, get posted. I am also joined with Leo the Wonder Dog again, so we're going to keep praying that he is uh, going to be a good boy. Good boy. Before we get started, actually I wanted to show you a couple things from the Pastoral Development Ministry team. Uh, if you go to cpcmc.org, um, you'll come up. Actually, you'll start here. This is what it'll look like, but if you scroll down, you'll have our teams broken up in different times or in different places. Um, what we'll do is show you this. I wanted to highlight two things. First is the legacy of ministry. We're going to open that in a new tab. And we'll start with that first. Um, so the leg legacy of ministry endowment, um, you can read about it, but it helps to fund the things that we do for uh, continuing education and uh, for the services that the um, pastoral develop development ministry team provides. And so there's a couple different options. It's a $100 donation uh, for a legacy of ordination. This recognition is bestowed upon a new ordinand by a presbytery or a person with a gift of $100 to the legacy. With the recognition, a minister will receive a, cert a certificate suitable for framing and a pastoral cross with cord. A uh, minister who is already ordained can choose to participate in this legacy with a $100 donation in recognition of their own ordination and will also receive the pastoral cross. Or if your minister is retired, uh, the recognition is bestowed on a upon a minister at their retirement. Again, a $100 uh, legacy by a presbytery, church, or person. And again, the certificate and uh, the cross comes with that. Um, so anyway, if you have a minister that's retiring in your congregation that you you really appreciated their work and, and you'd like to further the work of, of the ministers who come behind them, uh, please think about that. And then Legacy of Ordination Anniversary. It's an opportunity for ministers and those who support them in their ministry to celebrate this annual milestone. Donations are made depending upon the years ordained. The honoree will be notified of any donations made in their honor. All donors will receive a letter of thanks for continuing the Cumberland Presbyterian Legacy of Ministry. And then, of course, um, donations amount varies. The letter sent and the gift is a little bit different on each one. But um, either way, that's something good that you might be able to do for your minister. October is coming up, so it's Pastor Appreciation Month. That might be something you think about. Um, that would be very kind and nice for people. Uh, the other thing I wanted to highlight today is also in that pastoral development, um, and it's the annual evaluation tool. Now this, I think, all right, so we don't do very well a lot of times um, planning, intentionally planning in our churches. And so this gives you a way of saying, okay, uh, let's let the elders and the preacher take a moment and let's see where we're at, right? And so... Um, this is kind of a checklist of things we need. What about annual goals? Think about those, right? Evaluations of the minister. It's a self-evaluation, and also the elder board evaluates. And then you also have an elder and session evaluation form in which it highlights the things in which our confession of faith says this is what elders are supposed to be doing. And in, in many ways, you don't do this vindictively, of course. Please know. But it's a way in which the session and the minister can get together and say, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? And then if not, right here, I like this, areas which need immediate improvement and a plan of action toward the improvement, right? 
So what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are we going to do to overcome the weaknesses? And how can we help the strengths? And I think this is just a really simple tool that, uh, that you could use or your church could use to say, all right, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? So um, I want to make sure that we're doing that if we can. So, all right, there's my show and tell for today. Um, what we're going to talk about today is uh, Encounter, lesson number nine for the summer. We're heading into August, August 1st. We're almost there. Uh, four more, four or five more weeks. Um, but it's going to be Psalm 103, and it's God's goodness produces praise. This is a, a well-known psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So our prayer for illumination, Almighty God, your goodness to us is overwhelming. The more we learn about you, the more grace we find. Open our minds and our hearts today that we may discover grace upon grace. Enable us to praise you for your goodness to us as we study. Amen. And then our memory verse is Psalm 103, verses. Psalm 103, 1 and 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. All right, so Dr. Qualls opens up our... Uh, lesson in the introduction with the with the question can you name a food product or service that you have tried on the recommendation of a friend was it good as the friend believed did you in turn recommend it to someone else and so what he highlights is that when we experience the goodness of God we in turn become witnesses to God and God's goodness to us and so um, he writes this after discovering something that pleases us the desire to share it is natural. Without hesitation, we drop our new source of enjoyment into casual conversation with innocuous little comments. Have you tried this? I found something that's so amazing. Guess what I just saw? Or you have to see this, whatever this is. And we do this without the slight, slightest awkwardness, uh, Doc says. But then we, uh, when it comes to Jesus, sometimes we, we hide that benefit which we received. Or maybe we haven't really just like meditated on the goodness of God or whatnot. Um, or maybe it is you're just kind of, it's an awkward thing for us to talk about our spirituality or what we've received from God or how we've experienced salvation in Jesus Christ. Um, Dr. Qualls goes on to write, it is increasingly important that we who live by the redemption narrative, whose main indication for understanding life is the redemptive actions of Jesus Christ, get comfortable with our story. It invites us into the unfolding saga where God's work for good because God is good. The narrative is the background music for today's psalm. So the way I think about this is, you know, when I was a young young man, long ago, um, I grew up, you know, kind of like the same as every other male in the Western culture that I was around. You didn't show a lot of emotion. You didn't um, say I love you a lot, right, to people especially if you didn't know them or whatnot. As I've grown through the ministry, I've just learned to, quote-unquote, normalize just saying I love you. Like, um, make it something that's just not awkward, for you at least. It might be to somebody else, but don't be afraid of your emotions. Don't be afraid of saying I love you. In the same way, normalize your, your witness. Normalize your testimony. You know, it shouldn't be a shock to people. If you're a churchgoer and you love Jesus, it shouldn't be a shock that that uh, you appreciate that and that you tell other people. So so anyway, good introduction. I mean, if we've experienced something good, I mean, like going to Sam's. I was so happy. I live in Kentucky, and uh, two weeks ago I went to Sam's. 
and praise the Lord, I had to call my wife and tell her. They opened up the uh, the testing stations, you know. You could go from point to point and find out all the good stuff, and, and they give you a little toothpick with a piece of meat on it and says, you can buy this in, in, in the cooler section. And, oh, it was so great to have that back because you can experience. And then you can base your uh, decision to buy something or not to buy something based on the experience which you've had. And so, um, go Sam's. Uh, but that's the same way. Uh, when we experience the goodness of God, come, you know, taste that the Lord is good, and then, you know, share with that. So in the Exploring the Scripture parts, what we'll move to next, Dr. Qualls breaks us up into three different sections. Uh, the section is, We Forget. second section is, God Forgets. And the third section is, God Forgets Because God Remembers. This is a really good breakup. So uh, if you're studying ahead and you're a preacher, you might want to preach this too. You can do it. At your three points, you can throw the poem in as the psalm, and you're, you're done preparation for sermon uh, next week. So anyway, when Dr. Qual says, we forget, uh, he writes this, have you ever forgotten something important, right? And then he talks about how maybe sometimes we forget the, uh, we have spiritual brain fog. Sometimes we forget the goodness of God. And so he writes further, sadly, we forget. We forget the expectations to live in a consistent obedience. So we do not acknowledge God in all of our ways. When we forget God's benefits, it's easy to get lost. Rehearsing and reminding ourselves of God's goodness is perhaps the most important thing we can do for our spiritual vitality. So like um, I had a professor at the Bible college, or not at the Bible, it was a seminary in St. Louis um, that I would like to uh, talk about briefly. Uh, I cannot remember the guy's name, but I do remember this one part of his class. He said... Um, if he's supposed, you know, if he normally, he learned a long time ago that what he needed to do in life to be a little bit more spiritually aware of God's presence was if he normally got up at 6 o'clock um, and got, you know, shower and coffee, whatever else, he would actually set his alarm one hour beforehand. Now, he wouldn't get out of bed. He just said when that alarm went off, uh, he stayed conscious, you know. He hit the snooze button. You know, but he would rehearse every single day all the blessings in his life it would start with his wife that was sitting right you know was laying right beside him then it would go to his children who were scattered around the house in different bedrooms and then he'd thank god for the house and then he'd thank god for his pets and he'd thank god for his job and he would just think about and rehearse all the many benefits that he that he had and then of course he thanked god for being god and for salvation in jesus christ and these kinds of things and so he said that that our was very hard sometimes to, you know, so the first couple times he tried it, he would, you know, hit the snooze button a couple times, but, you know, then he'd just lay in bed until 6 o'clock came around. But then he said after years of doing that, uh, he didn't have to, he, he didn't have to hit a snooze button because he knew he wasn't going back to bed. Uh, and he said the hour really wasn't enough, but that's what he allowed himself every morning. He, he, uh, he allowed that hour of just simply pointing out the goodness of God. And, and he did say he'd run out of time. But man, if you start your day like that every day, uh, it will train you to see the blessings which God has given you. And then maybe uh, that, that uh, changes your mindset and your, and your lifestyle and, and whatever else. And so we forget uh, a lot of times the goodness of God. And so it is good for us to remind ourselves of God's goodness. And then the verses 8 through 12, uh, this is what Dr. Qualls calls God forgets. Because the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. 
And then he goes on to write, In this psalm, it states clearly, God does not deal with us according to our sin, nor punish us according to our inequities. Um, and then later in Scripture, of course, it says things like, He cleanses us from our unrighteousness. And it is God's choice that we forget, or that He forgets our sins. And then Dr. Qualls quotes Corey Tinboom that says, God takes our sins, the past, present, and the future, and dumps them into the sea and puts a sign up that says, No fishing allowed. Right? It's gone. Uh, our sins are, are taken care of. God chooses to forget and sets his love upon us. This is where I think it's very good for a church to practice confession. Right? Um, in some churches, you practice the liturgy or part of the liturgy that's called the call to confession prayer of confession, and then a declaration of pardon. All right? And the way that it works is, is that the preacher will start off with you know, something from Scripture, maybe First John, if we say we have no sin, the truth is not in us, but if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us uh, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So after the preacher says that, then in the bulletin you might have a corporate confession or a corporate prayer of confession. And then what I did when I was preaching at a church every week after the corporate prayer, I would say, now let us take a minute or a moment of silence to confess our sins to God, our personal sins before God. And we would intentionally take that minute, minute and a half, depends on how bad I was that week. <laughs> and then I would, we would confess our sins. And then I'd say, um, uh, what, what's a declaration of pardon? And oftentimes the declaration of pardon would come from the psalm or from scripture. And this is a good one in here. In Psalm 103, uh, verses 10 through 12 so is a good declaration of pardon. So I would say, people of God, lift up your heads. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. For Scripture says, God does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our inequities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our transgressions from us. I declare unto you, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven and forgotten. Be at peace with God, peace with one another. May the peace of Christ be with you. And then they would respond also with you, and that's when we would pass the peace um, in our worship service. But the point being is, is that God forgets. We are blessed because God forgets our sins, and then therefore we can continue to be in a right relationship with God. So then next, uh, Dr. Qualls talks about uh, God forgets because God remembers. And so also in this psalm is pretty good. Um, God knows our frame, right? He remembers that we are dust, right? God, used, um, God knows that we're just humans, that we're going to fail. Um, so in the psalm, let's see if we can find a couple different ones. If you look through the psalm, um, God knows that we're just children, right? So as a father has compassion for his children, uh, in verse in 13 and verse 14 for God knows we were made that he remembers that we are simply dust right so like God knows that we're going to mess up and uh, he knows that we're not perfect and so God forgets what is it that the phrase is God forgets because God remembers our state and so God is seeking uh, people to uh, commit faith and trust in God and to Hold on to those promises that God will forget our sins because God remembers our lowly estate. All right, so that brings us to our digging deeper section. Uh, and I'll read a couple of these things. So in the Old Testament, you'll often read about an act of God and then a 
a challenge to remember that act of God. So you'll see that a lot in the first couple books of the Old Testament. I'm going to read. Um, I'm going to read one section of the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter eight, verses eleven through fifteen, and then I'm going to read James one twenty three and twenty four. So this is in your text, so you can read it too. But I wanted to just highlight this. Deuteronomy chapter eight, eleven through fifteen. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and your gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. God also said to Moses, Say to this people of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. All right, so that's Deuteronomy 8, 11, 15. And so what Moses is doing, he's listing out all the benefits that God will have on his people. So the increasing of flock, the increasing of material resources, the increasing of family, and all these things that God took them out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery and set them down so that they could be their own people and they could follow God with all their heart. But, as we're wont to do, many benefits sometimes lead us away from the good things of God. And so then this is a constant reminder. So then let me read James. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. All right, that's, that's not good. And so we do this practice of remembering the goodness of God to remember the sacrifice of God and our redemption of God. Uh, Dr. Pauls brings up a really good quote here. Um, in her gospel song, Remind Me is the name of the song, Dottie Rambo expresses this well. Roll back the curtain of memory now and then. Show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. Just remember, I'm a human, and humans forget. So remind me, remind me, dear Lord. That's a great prayer. I never heard that song. I'll probably look it up. It's what Spotify and YouTube are for. Um, but I encourage you to at least think about that. So that was that was pretty good. All right. So then, the learning from the scripture section. Doctor Qualls brings up John chapter nine, one of my favorite uh, passages in scripture. Right? It's a simple but powerful testimony. All right. So this is where Jesus. Uh, heals the blind man uh, and I will read this uh, introduction part one of the most personally impactful testimonies in the scripture is the account of Jesus giving sight to a blind man since birth in John chapter 9 if you recall all of the man's neighbors who had seen him begging his whole life were astonished the Pharisees reaction they called it fake news they made a huge deal about this happening on the Sabbath and interrogated the poor fellow multiple times they tried every way possible to discredit the man's testimony now, the, the, the thing I love about this testimony, this man was not a Bible scholar, this man was not an elder, this person, this man just, he, he was a blind, poor outcast. And finally, he just simply says, look, I don't know what y'all are talking about. There's one thing I do know, that my entire life I was blind, but now I see. And that's it, man, that's our testimony. What is it that you were, and what is it that you are now? And then tell people. You don't have to be a sanctimonious jerk when you're witnessing. In fact, you probably shouldn't be. But 
What has Jesus Christ done for you? Recount the blessings and benefits of Jesus Christ and the redemption that you have in him and share that with, with other people because it's good, man. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. You know, of course, you've been studying the encounter for a year, so now you are a Bible scholar, but you don't have to be. Uh, you simply, this is what God has done for me. And normalize it. Make it part of who you are. Um, so the reflection question there in that section, I think it, it's a good thing. If you're in class, I want you to go, go around the table. Of course, don't make people uncomfortable, but it shouldn't be too uncomfortable. And simply ask people, what's one thing God's done for you? Normalize it. Vocalize it. Tell other people. Start with your buddies that are in church. That's non-threatening. But think about it deeply. All right, so now we get to the applying the scripture section. Um, he brings up something that we just talked about. He talks about a man named uh, Teasdale. Tesdale. Don't know how to pronounce that name exactly. But he says, when you're witnessing, maybe the question that we simply need to ask is, why do we choose to remain a Christian? You know, do you... Because this forces us to think, are we going to church because it's a habit? Mama's going. I've always gone. I want my children to grow up in church. But why is it you continue to carry on the faith of Jesus Christ? Um, and so the... Uh, I wanted to bring this up uh, just to kind of end for today. Uh, the, the applying the scripture is the, is the, is the understanding of, of producing praise and glorifying God through your praise, your worship, and your testimony. Um, a long, long time ago in a church far, far away, East Tennessee Presbytery, uh, one of the first churches outside of my home church that I preached at was the Clarks Grove Cumberland Presbyterian Church in Knoxville, East Tennessee, Maryville, maybe. Anyway, if any of y'all are from there, hi. Haven't seen you in a very long time. Hope all things are well. Looks like things are going well on Facebook. Um, but anyway, Gail Cowan, Reverend Gail Cowan was the minister there. and I remember we had a talk and he said one time, or it might have been on the back of his business card, I forgot what it was, but he said, I'm just a nobody trying to tell anybody about a somebody who can save everybody. Right? And I like that. So I'll say that again. I'm just a nobody trying to tell anybody about a somebody who can save everybody. And that's that was his that's how he introduced himself to people. He was he was fun. Uh, but the highlighted reflection question for the week, and this is one I hope you discuss further in your Sunday school classes, why do you today choose to remain to be, remain a follower of Jesus Christ? What have you found so good that you can't imagine choosing another path? How would you tell that to someone who doesn't know? Again, I think Part of the class this week is really application-based and practice-based. Like, help your congregation, help your class, help your students learn to normalize and to name the benefits which you receive from God. Um, it's, a good, it's a good exercise. It's, it's a super good exercise, and it's not one that maybe just needs to stop after this week. I think you probably practice it every week. You know, there's there's no there's no harm in that. Like when you go and you get a job, you're trained, and they tell you what's the important thing, and they make you practice that important thing, and you train on something. Well, the church is a training ground as much as it is a worship center. It's Christian education, and so we offer this opportunity. Maybe every week when you start class from here on out, you simply say, "What what benefit did you receive from God this week?" and then practice it, and then let let people share it and normalize it and enrich it. Uh, in your life. All right. Um, God bless you. Have a good week. Preach well. Um, 
uh, next week is going to be is going to lead into another like so praise or God's goodness produces praise. Next week is Psalm 24, which is a testimony of God's love. So it's a witness and a testimony. So we're going to continue that uh, into next week for August 8th. But until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. <laughs>